Hello, everyone. This is Dylan from the Project Esports podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the Tyler One comeback, the Big Ten championship that's going to be happening in collegiate esports, and the Overwatch League kickoff. Uh, with me, as always, is James. Hey there, guys. Um, I, I wouldn't say as always because uh, I mean I was I was missing from last week, but I am filling the the role of uh, the birthday boy uh, Andrew, who's uh, having a great time down in Vegas. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I think when's the last time we actually had all three of us in the podcast? It's been a, is, has it been a while or did we? It, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wait, no, we had it with the the New Year's podcast, and then before that, it's been a while. Yes, yeah, we had the predictions podcast, and then that was pretty much it. Um, prior to then, it was it was scheduling conflict after scheduling conflict. But I mean, I guess that's why there's all three of us here. It works out because at least two of us are always available. So in some in some way, it does work out where we have a we have a nice podcast every week. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and just get right into it by talking about the Tyler One comeback. So just a super, super quick recap for everyone um, who hasn't been following. Uh, Tyler One was originally a League streamer, and his kind of claim to fame is how toxic he was. Uh, in fact, he was so toxic when he was streaming that he actually got banned for, I believe it was two full years. Is that right? Um, Tyler One's ban was actually indefinite. Um, they weren't really, they were pretty open-ended on what they were going to give him. Um, and then it, after after his quote-unquote rehabilitation um there was there began talk of getting him back sooner and i think that's where the two-year mark came from i believe don't quote me on that though yeah so it was indefinite and then he was doing some irl streams just some uh random variety streams and then uh this whole his whole thing was uh reformed he he became reformed and i i guess riot was like okay well if you really are reformed then maybe we'll allow you back which i think was absolutely brilliant on riot's part because it was such good like advertising for their game oh yeah absolutely there was um unfortunately there was a bit more drama associated with it than that um there was unfortunately some 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 questionable things said by a riot employee um a very very massive outcry on reddit because of it um I don't know. I don't know, Dylan, if you read anything about this in regards to. I think the, name, the employee's name was Sanjaro. Was his handle Riot Sanjaro or Sanjiro? That was. Uh, was it last month or the month before? I do remember something like that. Yeah, it was about the month before, and a ton of memes spun, spun from this too. Like uh, We Gucci, um, like that becoming a meme was because of this guy. Basically, he wished cancer upon Tyler, all this stuff, and Tyler really had done nothing. Like, again, he had been nothing but doing the reform behavior, uh, doing his live streams, being, you know, super positive all the time. I mean, he was still, you know, Tyler, right? But, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't anything... He was he was far from a formal shell, shell of himself. Um, so, that's where all this came from, and once, basically, this Riot employee condemned himself, they had no real reason to keep Tyler away, because he, you know, had constantly been reformed and stuff like that. So bit of background yeah um but his comeback stream had i think almost four hundred thousand viewers at one point it peaked just about there yeah 380k and it broke twitch yeah it broke the chat which is insane it i don't know if you try to get on because i like me as a a big tyler fan i tried to get on and it would nothing was loading that was a big problem on my end. Like with the, the homepage, nothing was booting up. 
nothing was working until like i think the dust settled like five minutes after yeah i mean this i i think this is the the biggest peak single streamer uh i read somewhere i think it was on espn esports that it beat out fakers uh stream yeah that was that was the big thing that it, it, it beat out fakers it was the to date, I believe this thing is this thing is biggest. I, it's the only one I know that broke Twitch. <laughs> I yeah. mean, so, but I mean, like, if, like, but he he is staying true, and like, I mean, this touching more a bit more on Tyler himself. He is staying very true to this this reform mindset that he has. You you watch him, like, I mean, he'll he'll go on a tangent on stream, which I mean is fine because he's not he's not flaming anybody in chat. He's not being toxic towards other players. He'll like lose his mind, but he's not flaming anybody specifically or anything like that. And then you'll see him in like t- chat and he'll be just like, "Hey, good game." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even when he's shot calling, he's still a really really nice dude about it. So, I mean, it's great to see. It's great to see this dude has really rebuilt himself or at least rebuilt his public image. Mhm. Now, he's been having some really really big streams um with the Tyler 1 Championship series and everything. Now, do you think is is there a way he can maintain? Obviously, he's not going to be hitting like three hundred k every single day, but like, do you think this is kind of sustainable for him to keep going on, getting really, really big numbers, or do you think this is something where he's going to kind of dive back down to, you know, where he was before, or do you think because he's in league, he's going to keep keep somewhat high numbers? I think. Um, the big thing with Tyler is that there's nobody that really competes with him for his time block. Um, basically, the league's the league stream like schedule, like day by day sort of thing, is very um, it's very construct. It's already pre-constructed more or less. I mean, Night Blue when he was streaming, which he's not doing nearly as much anymore. You know, I'm a cutie pie. Basically, had the daytime spots on lockdown, uh, uh, competing with guys like Yoda and stuff like that from other regions. But for English, the primary English uh, streams and stuff like that. It was it was cutie pie. He had the block. Now Tyler streams at night, so I don't think as long as Tyler keeps producing and being same old Tyler, um, or same old new Tyler, I guess same old reform Tyler. <laughs> um, I don't think there's gonna be, I don't think there's gonna be a decline. I really don't, especially if he keeps hosting stuff like TCS, uh, which like was great for the amateur scene, was great for people wanting to watch him. And Tyler is hilarious if you watch him. Like if you watch him cast, it's like. It's ridiculous because he gets so so into it, so excited, um, and I mean he, he makes the money to support it as well. The guy has his own like clothing line and stuff like that, which I mean I know isn't that hard to get a hold of anymore, um, but you know he sells and he sells well, right? So mm-hmm. I think I think I think for the next year, I'm going to say confidently that Tyler will be pulling numbers that are ridiculous um, and without really without fail. Maybe maybe once the you know the um, the the hype of you know Tyler being back dies off. Oh, excuse, sorry, dies off. We might see it, but until then, I think we'll be we'll be seeing a whole lot of Tyler. Yeah, so you definitely think top streamer then, at least for the next year. Yeah, yeah. In in his for when he streams, yeah. I don't I don't think anybody's going to really beat him out. I, I think that's definitely a good thing because it seems like a lot of the top streaming right now has been like a weird mix of like IRL stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad to see like a, I mean even though he's not like a new face to league, but you know what I mean, like a new new stream that's like really big and just like league focused. Yeah, yeah, we haven't really seen a, like a, like a resurgence or like a, like the bringing of a massive new league streamer, um, in a long time. So with Tyler coming back, 
um, I think, yeah, it's really good for him. So actually kind of just going off into maybe a different topic within this, um, how do you yeah, think sure. the scene is for league streams right now? Like, how, how, is it is it in a good place? Do you think it kind of should be shifting around a little bit? Or what are, what are your thoughts on it? Um, Basically, the same guys have kind of held, like, this, like their, the, the concrete spots. I don't, like, and there hasn't been a shift. Um, do I think there really should be one? Not necessarily, because, I mean, like, Cutie Pie does what he does, man. People love him. People think he's hilarious. I don't know how Cutie Pie is doing, like, on a health-wise thing, because he's been doing the same, the same stream every day for a hot minute. Um... But I don't think anybody, anybody else in particular needs to like go away. Needs to come in. Uh, it's nice to see that Tyler is breathing life into it because I do think it was declining a bit. So maybe guys need to switch it up. But I, at the same time, like, how do you switch it up? You know what I mean? Like, what do you what do you do um, to, to kind of change this? Change you know, playing League of Legends. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really you can't really do much about it other than play the game. Yes, you can have your own personality and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, you're still you're all still playing the same game, right? So, um, this I don't think it's in a, it's in a terrible state, but there's not much you can do besides bringing you know unless you're like I believe it with uh, character streamers I think is what they're called, um, guys like Tyler I guess because mm-hmm. nobody really knows if Tyler's actually this insane like in person, <laughs> <laughs> but um, if it, more character streamers would be nice, mind you, they have their own place so. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe with the, the new LCS season and some new guys coming in, we might see a uh, resurgence of their streams kind of happening, seeing some new personalities and stuff like that. Um, for example, Mike Young, who came in last year, was was uh, was a great great viewership for the Twitch or yeah for the League of Legends Twitch community. The guy the guy pulls in around like two three thousand streamers when he streams just because he's so skilled. Mike Young isn't really. A fun guy to watch because of his personality, but his his stream his streaming and his or his uh, his gameplay is legit. So, yeah, I think I think that's kind of the uh, how I feel about the general state of the the League of Legends Twitch community. Okay, I mean I don't have any strong opinions on it. Uh, I mean my my biggest uh, I, I guess thing that I see with it is just always in the top spot. Obviously, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't watch uh, tw- Twitch streams of League very much, so. Um, but it's always in the top spot, which I mean, if it's in the top spots, I mean that's probably probably good and healthy then. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I definitely don't think it's, um, I don't think it's it, it's at jeopardy, mind you, mind you. I think this kind of is a good time to lead into our next topic, which is the Big Ten being involved with uh, League of Legends now. Um, I don't know how that's going to affect the viewership. I don't know if that's going to bring in more or. Made, made people concerned because I know we that we had talked about the Big Ten getting involved earlier la- or later last year, I believe. Yeah, and this is actually going to be streamed on BTN to go, which is I, I guess their streaming platform that they have. Um, I'm guessing it's probably like an application and probably online application too, but it's I, I don't think it's going to be on Twitch. Yeah, where are we? Where are we going to see it? Yeah, like, yeah, B- do, BTN to go. So I BTN to go. Okay. I guess that's just. I, I think you can also go to their website to watch it, but that's that's where it's going to be at. So they're deviating from Twitch, which I always think is kind of a bad idea because Twitch mm-hmm. is just. I don't want to say it's perfect because it's not perfect, but it's like the most convenient streaming platform to view things on. So. 
But I mean, if BTN to go is is a good application, then it, I guess it's not that big of a deal. But this is something I'm actually super super hyped about because I think it definitely does a lot for the collegiate scene. Um, so Big Ten Network um, is a sports network that deals with you know obviously the Big Ten. It's right in their name. Um, mm-hmm. So 12 out of the 14 schools that are in the Big Ten are going to be in this league, which my own Penn State is in the league finally, which I'm hey. very, very happy about because uh, when I ran the club, our administration didn't sign off on it, and we weren't able to get into their like alpha kind of season that they were doing, um, which was disappointing, but uh, they're finally in, and it's really exciting because every player on all 12 of these teams are going to get $5,000 in scholarship money, which is super amazing because these big schools haven't been getting into, you know, esports. You know, a lot of the places that offer esports scholarships are smaller schools. They're your Robert Morris Universities um, and their Ohio Miami University. You know, smaller schools. I mean, these are really great schools, and I'm really excited that you're doing esports programs. Um, but it's really nice to see the big schools actually take somewhat of an initiative to actually get into it. Um, and I know this thing, um, from personally, I know that it means a lot to each player that they're actually able to do this thing. And I know they're all hyped about it. So um, are you excited to watch the games whenever they, they, they're up? Oh, my God. Absolutely, man. Um, as Mainly because like a lot of... like. Actually, one of the teams that is in, incorporated in the Big Ten, or it's going to be incorporated in this now, um, Ohio East, uh, Ohio State. Um, we, my, my organization's played against them, and I mean to see these guys getting the funding they deserve and stuff like that, and seeing their players get, you know, the the the, the backing they deserve, makes me want to watch them that much more. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's nice to, to not see like the power either. Yeah, like you said, the Robert Morris or like the powerhouse teams in my eyes, like. Um, University of British Columbia, like I mean, those guys, like it's a big, it's a big university, and their league team is is terrifying, right? But I mean, like, and that that makes it only pertain to the elite. So to see, you know, like guys like your team, like like you know, when with Penn State and stuff like that, man, like that's yeah, that's that's the dream, right? So to, to know this is becoming a reality for these guys makes me want to watch it that much more. Yeah, and something that's really interesting is as soon as this got approved and there was an article put out there, um, actually there was a lot of students who were like messaging these schools saying, hey, you know, I'm interested in coming to your school because of the Big Ten thing and because of the, the scholarship, I want to get onto the team, which is super exciting that like people are messaging Big Ten schools trying to get in because of esports scholarships. That's actually just like, it like blows my mind and it's, it's so hyped to me. Yeah, man, for that to be like, like for, for admissions to be up because people are like, Oh man, I can play league and go to the school. Screw anybody else, man. Like this is where I want to go. That's awesome. That's like, that's a smart move by them. Yeah. And hopefully because they're seeing things like that, they'll take this a step further. So, um, the scholarship money is being paid out by big 10 network, but hopefully the next thing that we see is that these universities themselves are putting money into the esports programs. Um, so I really hope that's kind of where it goes. And games start on January 30th. So it's I think that's about 15 days from now. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's halfway through much. the month, so it's right at the end of the month. So these games are happening real soon. And I don't think the season's that long. It just goes until the end of March um, is when the finals are. So it's, uh, it's a pretty short season. And... 
Uh, do you have any speculation? I don't know if you know any of the collegiate teams too much, but do you have any speculation? Um, I, I do actually have um, a, a pretty big... Um pretty big prediction um rutgers and illinois are two teams that i've seen dominate the the amateur scene so i i i have big hopes for those two teams i think they're gonna they're gonna because they they because they practice and they scrim like on a regular basis um against other teams that are like like challenger or high masters so i think those guys are the guys to watch out for um i can see myself jumping on those bandwagons pretty quick (laughs) yeah um so I, I know uh, the Rutgers team uh, decently well. So their team last year actually came out to Penn State. We had like a, a little LAN, uh, and most of our teams played in it, and we just had a few outside teams. And they came in and just kind of dumpstered us pretty bad. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I know that the Penn State team has been putting in a lot of hours um, and a lot of work into their team over the course of this entire year. But I would definitely say Rutgers does have a really good shot. They have a really, really good team. Um, they have really good support at their school, and they're doing really good things over there. So I do think that if if, if their team stays consistent, that they, they definitely do have a good shot at it. Yeah, and, like, I mean, just to touch on that, um, I think support is something that gets overlooked a lot. Like, yeah, it's 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 great that there's funding there, and it's great that there's players that want to play for the teams, but the infrastructure needs to be in place as well. The infrastructure is, like, I, I think something that even, like, even LCS teams were overlooking up until, like, this franchising season. They're running on bare minimum staff and stuff like that. But if you have, like, even, like, a, a good chunk of teachers who... Um, or, you know, like professors that are just like, you know, they're involved in it on the side and stuff like that. That's still great. And I think that is something that needs to be, I hope that the, the schools look at, like, especially like the newer ones coming into like that, into that listing. Um, like I get, like I said, like guys like Illinois Rutgers and stuff like that. I'm sure they already have something established, but the other teams, I, I, I really hope that they have guys that can help them out too. And not only just like helping out, but guys who do like analyst work or like, you know, set up their scrims and stuff like that. Like, I think that's something that needs to be essential. And I think, I hope that nobody lets their program like just get just like tarnished because they didn't, they didn't have that sorted out. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, exactly. And obviously from you doing your role um, at honor, you, you know exactly how important it is, but a lot of these, these programs, um, when they're first coming up, they think, oh, the way to do a league team is I just get, you know, all the best league players together and I have the team. But eventually you start to realize that it's not just about having really good players, but you actually need a good support network. You need the coach, you need the analyst, you need people to manage the team so that you can take those uh, players that have really good skill and just bring them to that next level. So the support team behind it is actually what really pushes them through to get a really good team and a really good program. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I so, like even some of the teams that I've communicated with as a manager Um, like, I mean, it's one of their players that's running the team. Right. And you can tell the dude's like super stressed out because he's not only scheduling, he's not only scheduling, he's also analyzing and he's also trying to be the captain and stuff like that. And then he's trying to play on top of that. Like I, I have that luxury. I can be, <laughs> I can be not that good of a player and I just have to do admin work while I just let my guys focus on what they need to do. So I hope like I'm not saying I'm not saying going to try and sit here and say my model is the best model, but I know it's working for me and I know it's working for my players. So I hope to see that like these these programs do that that re- that do realize, hey, I just don't gather players. I get, I you know I get a, a support staff as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think 
just looking at this from the perspective of esports as a whole, um, it's a really good sign when smaller teams and collegiate teams are starting to realize this. So esports on how, um, I'd probably say on how well run the organizations are, for the most part, they should be very, you know, starting at the top and they move their way down um, as you get more and more amateur, right? So mm. at the very top, the first people that are, you know, getting the coaches and the analyst staff and like the, the sports psychologists behind them should be the pro teams. And then slowly everyone realizes, oh, maybe that's something that we need. And it slowly gets implemented. So the fact that um, collegiate teams and amateur teams are, are, are for sure putting in coaches, analysts and all that is a really good sign because it's just showing how much more professional and, you know, well-rounded and um, healthy these teams are getting and, and how, how much people are actually putting into these teams and starting to realize what they need to do. So I think yeah, it's it, it's a good it's a good sign for the the esports community as a whole. I think yeah, absolutely. And I think a big a big part of it is too is that like a ton of a ton of younger guys see this as a stepping stone too, right? They like I mean that's the dream, right? You want to work for like one of these crazy LCS or you know like uh, you know one of the teams overseas or something like that, right? Um, so it, it like this that's the thing I think. The people that want to, the, the the people that want to be a part of it are there. They just need to harness it properly. So hopefully this all pans out well. I'm sure you and I are going to be touching on this a fair amount as we see it, especially with your with your involvement with uh, with Penn State and stuff like that, right? I'm sure <laughs> this isn't going to be something you you let me and Andrew like forget. Plus, I mean, I play like I my team plays against these guys too, right? So I mean, oh yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about them for sure. Definitely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and go over to our last topic, which is, I think, probably our biggest topic is the Overwatch League, which actually just premiered um, over the past three days. So mm-hmm. we were able to see a couple games. Um, I think it was three matches every single night for the past three nights. Um, and it's been pretty incredible, I would say, actually. What do you think? Uh, yeah, man. I've been, I've been actually really, really impressed. Like, I mean... <laughs> the showing wasn't as good as Tyler's, um, 320k the first day, um, but I mean, yeah, dude, that's like, I mean, that's crazy, and like, the production value is there too. That's a, another huge thing too. Like that money, that all that crazy amounts of money we talked about earlier, is is being well spent. Oh yeah, I think it's pretty incredible to watch because, to be honest, I was really really skeptical about watching Overwatch. I didn't like everything spectators were doing before this and i mean it's not the best game to spectate but i think what they're doing with it is pretty good so far all the spectators have been pretty high quality and they implemented this really cool thing of um so they released all the skins obviously of all the teams Mm -hmm. um they have the home skin which is like a it's usually kind of like a, a darker tone um with all the colors and then whatever the away team is has a just a white design with uh, an accent color from their own team, which is really cool because yeah. then you can instantly know, all right, I know what teams are playing. I, I know which ones these are. And on top of that, all the particle effects are colored for each team. So, for example, um, I think the biggest and most apparent one is probably uh, May's wall, the big ice wall. So whenever she mm-hmm. shoots it out, it, it's like very apparent on what team put it there. So I know Soul, for example, um, whenever she 
you know, puts it out and it's from the Soul team, it's just a giant yellow wall. I never, yeah, no, I never noticed that. That's, like, I mean, maybe I just wasn't looking for it, but, like, I mean, I guess the games I were watching weren't involving a May, but, mm-hmm. so, which I think would really, like, seal the deal, but no, that's, that's, that's so helpful, absolutely. Yeah, so whenever it goes up, you instantly know who's, who, whose wall it is, or just even particle effects, just, like, if there's, like, a, I don't know, if there's, like, a beam or whatever, or if there's a mercy healing, you know who's casting it, and you, it's it's a lot easier to keep track of where everything's happening, which I think is a very very good change uh, that they made. Yeah, no man, like that's just it because the game trying to watch the game like um, without like the team identifiers and stuff like that is really really difficult. There's no there's nothing major that really draws you into one team or another. It's just kind of mass chaos. So the skins definitely help, and now the particle effects is just like one step better to making it easier. Plus. The guys who cast it do a pretty good job too. I mean, they've got they they shelled out some good money for some really good casters. Like, I mean, uh, Monty Monte Cristo is like a legendary league caster who I'm personally not a fan of, but <laughs> I mean, he does his job really really well. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and harp on him too much, but he does a really good job. Doa also is another guy that kind of brought over that does a really good job of like explaining in like like you know basically gripping the person into you know yes this is this there's this bunch of chaos going on but like what you need to really pay attention to right yeah i i think i think casters were great as well um i i didn't really even see anything that was too bad about it i mean i i, I probably wouldn't be able to say oh this is something that needs to be improved unless someone pointed it out and was very apparent about it but i mean i think it was very very well done overall yeah i think i think you myself and maybe even andrew too kind of went into it being like all right we got we're gonna find something wrong with this there's something that's gonna like bug us and yeah they're they're just there just isn't man it was it was like we were so skeptical of this being the, the poor execution or something not being you know missed or like you know looked over and none of it's there not like none, nothing we really expected to happen happened it's it's all it was all executed perfectly it was like oh okay i wouldn't say perfectly but i mean it's there's nothing wrong with anything that we can find for sure yes absolutely yeah so i just want to talk about the teams real quick um so i was i was talking about this on on twitter a little bit ago but i finally solidified what teams i'm for so for the east i don't know if that's the right division i know there's two different divisions but the East Division, whatever that one is, I'm definitely for Philadelphia Fusion because I got to hold it down for Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I seen your tweet. And, the, yeah. <laughs> and for Pacific, I definitely have to go with Dallas because I love Man. every player on Dallas. Like they are, they are grabbing people by like they are grabbing everybody. Man, Dallas has gotten such a huge um such a huge huge following now man yeah i mean their their first game uh, against soul like they, i think they they ended up losing right they i'm pretty sure they ended up losing yeah but... soul ended up yeah soul ended up winning but i guess it was just like, it was great. crazy it was man. such amazing games and like um the games up before that they were just four o's which they weren't super exciting um mm. they, they, i mean they were fun to watch but they weren't super exciting uh, so the last match of the night, just being so close like that, it was so hype. I'm I'm so glad I, I stuck around and watched uh, Soul versus Dallas. It was incredible to watch. 
Yeah, and, like, this is the thing, too. Like, I wasn't, like, as, as somebody who's not a, a frequent spectator of Overwatch, like, I didn't know what would grip me as a good game, you know what I mean? What would grip me as an exciting game and stuff. But it's it's ties. It's games that are, like, you know, like, you know, super, super close and stuff like that. Not, like, stomps one way or another. Like, it's these games that, like, like go to the full, full distance and stuff like that. And sometimes result in, like, in like a tie, right? And then you're like, oh, my God, that was still amazing, right? Like Yeah, and I think something else is, is super hype is I know during that game there was a lot of really good DPS play. So particularly, I think there was uh, a lot of Widowmakers being played during that one, and it was just incredible. Like, just seeing some of those DPS players on how good their accuracy is, is insane. Oh yeah, seeing some of the percent, like, and that's another thing too, is that they show like these player card percentages too, that show you how good this person's performing on a re- otherwise hectic character, like Tracer, right? And like, you see that breakdown afterwards, and you're like... Oh my god, like this this is me like now now I know what to look out for. Now I know what I'm watching and stuff, right? So I'll tell you what though is after the day after that game, competitive was absolute cancer. It was awful. Everyone wanted really? everyone wanted to play Widowmaker. Everyone wanted to play oh. all these really high skill cap characters and they were awful. Oh it my it god, just no. it turned it turned <laughs> comp like I I I'm not high in comp at all. I'm I'm definitely lower tier, but it just turned it into absolute garbage it was really funny and i mean it's to be expected same thing happens with league is as soon as yeah, someone does someone pulls out like a pocket champion and they do something crazy with it everyone's like oh well i want to do that now i want to be that yeah. i want to be that guy now yeah yeah no that's uh like i mean like let's just say like you see you see a champion that like is, is known to feed like yeah so we get played and competitive and then everybody plays it even more and it's just like oh my god guys like this isn't this isn't what it's meant to do this isn't what's supposed to happen but yeah, no, I, I, it's nice to hear that uh, that happens in the Overwatch community too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, so where do you think the Overwatch League goes? Do you think that these numbers are going to stay kind of where they're at? Like, and and do you think it's profitable for them to be at these numbers? Do you think they should be hitting something higher? Like, what, what do you think? Um, as as somebody who frequents watching League. Um, and like normal, like, I mean, season opening games. Yeah. Probably pulling or like, I wouldn't say around these numbers, maybe even a little lower. Um, but if they keep anything, like I, I say, if you keep above the six digit mark most of the time throughout the season, um, and that might be a little bold. Um, I think they'll be fine. I think it'll be profitable. I think it'll be exactly what they wanted. Um, if they dip to like, like what, like 50 K, I don't see that being a, like a travesty. I don't see that being a problem. Um, it's like, it's when it starts getting lower than that, then I think you, then they I think they need to be concerned. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, like, I mean, like, I mean, if we look at the three day spread, we do see it. I, I, I wouldn't say, uh, I'd say a significant, like comparatively from the numbers we have for the three days, which is 320, 250, 180. Um, but in a big picture thing, that's not bad at all. That's that's really good, yeah, right? Those are so good numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't think it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be like at risk anytime soon. What about what about you? Um, I don't really know how how high the viewership would have to be for them to to really make a, a good profit. Be concerned, and, yeah, and, and to be concerned. I think above a hundred k is is good numbers for for tournaments and stuff. So having mm-hmm. just like you know, like a like a season going on, and if you hit that throughout like the entire night, like if it's consistently above, like you were saying, uh, consistently above a hundred k, I think 
I think that's a pretty good sign because I mean that's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think it's. I think it's probably the safest. Like, I don't think we can really. We can't really judge until we see two. Like, I think we need to see a couple more weeks before we can be like, okay, now they're in trouble, or you mm-hmm. know, or this is where this this is a healthy medium. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. No. It's it's hard to judge off of three days, but I think we're on the right track right now. I now see this is awful because now I'm sitting here being like. You know, doing nothing but praise for the Overwatch League after we sat here and we're like, oh, man, this is going to flop. Like, I don't know how this is going to go, right? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Also, um, we forgot to bring up uh, Twitch. Um, so literally days yeah. before, it was like either the day before or two days before, they finally solidified a deal with Twitch to get the Overwatch League on Twitch, which was very uh, nerve-wracking because I didn't – yeah, <laughs> not seeing it confirmed uh, to be on Twitch was like – I, I think everyone's getting a little sweaty. Like, uh, so where is it gonna be then? Like, how is this gonna work? Yeah, no, no, every yeah, because that was just it. I, like, I didn't like it, it, like once I saw it, I was like, oh my god, they finally addressed it. But it, like, yeah, it was like they were down to the wire, man. Like somebody, I think I feel like some deal was cut real quick, being like, all right, no, this this needs to be on Twitch. This needs to happen, right? So yeah, I don't know if they released how much it was for, but you know, it has to be some big big box behind behind that oh yeah dude the 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 numbers behind that has to be has to be stupid yeah um like like it has it has to be ridiculous i'm trying to i'm looking for i'm looking for a number right now but i don't i don't know if we'll be able and it is confirmed Uh, for two seasons um this season and next are confirmed for twitch so i don't really see them branching off after that i think they're gonna i i I think they should stick with Twitch. Um, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they should stick stick to it. But I mean, we'll see. I guess we'll see on how the numbers are. Hopefully, hopefully for throughout the seasons, we'll be you know having good numbers, and this will continue to be a success because I like it. I think it's a good thing. I know that a lot of teams were having giant giant parties and all that for for their local teams. I know, like, in, in each of the cities. I know in, like, Philly, they had a bunch of viewing parties and stuff, and it was all really hype. So hopefully this kind of stuff continues, and it kind of just brings up the esports community as a whole. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I think I think that's one thing that gets overlooked a lot, and I think it really should be something that we should we should praise the Overwatch League for is that they're they're we're going like we're talking about the 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 local like viewing parties and stuff like that like bringing people together like like physically you know what I mean like into like events and stuff like that like that's great that's still it's still something that I, I like that that traditional sports still has on esports you know what I mean like yeah we like I mean you look at um like worlds and stuff like that it sells out these crazy ass events but they only that, that happens like once a year you know what I mean if we have like consistent viewer parties they're basically like watching they're like you're going to watch your hometown game play or, or your hometown team play right so I mean like that for them to do that and for them like like I like I said before like to put a location associated with these teams is such such a big deal mm-hmm because I, I definitely see that like people from those regions are definitely getting behind the teams now even though all the players are like some of the players are, are on those teams aren't even from the same country let alone the same, oh God, the yeah, same no. city and all of them are just playing all in california it's still just because they have the name behind them everyone's really getting behind them 
and this, and that's how simple it is too, man. It's just like you just you chuck the name there and people are into it, right? And people like and then there's that sense of pride, right? So I yeah, that's it, it's so so huge. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to cover about the Overwatch League, and I wasn't sure how they were going to do this because this is something that's been talked about um, for a long time with a lot of with a lot of organizations and a lot of uh, various esports is how they were going to do the game like the, the you know the traditional quote-unquote gaming houses um i actually had a chance to watch they actually had as a feature for the la valiant their their setup they ended up buying a um like a vacant garage and converting it to their their office so they like it seems i don't know if the other teams are doing this but they're moving away from the traditional gaming houses um and they want to make it feel more like a job not your life you know what i mean okay I didn't actually was I wasn't able to actually catch that, but how was the the layout? It was um so th- what they did is they kind of set it up in like um they had the players and the computers and all that stuff in one section of the of the the garage I guess um and then the other spot like the office space and stuff like that in the other so and then they had it was almost like it was like a mini compound sort of thing and they had this another area that was like for like rest and relax rest and relaxation like like a common room and stuff like that so it was really cool that you had this like physical divide between your work and some leisure and stuff like that, but you're still at your, you know, you're still in your work setting. And then like the, all the, all the, um, uh, like administrators and stuff like that had their own place as well. So they, it was, it looked like a really good setup. Like, I think, I think, um, the head of the head of, uh, immortals, um, Noah Winston, is that his last name? Win- maybe, think? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think like, I think he like, despite the fact I don't know his name for the life of me, um, I think he does really, really good things within the esports communities. And he seems like he's really nailed this layout. I, anybody who's listening and Dylan yourself, I totally recommend checking out because it, it was a really cool kind of like walkthrough of like how they're, how they're doing the setup. Yeah. I guess that is a really good thing. Cause I, I haven't really been thinking too much about how this is all set up. So, mm-hmm. do you think the, the this is like a good thing to move towards from just traditional gaming houses? Yeah, there's actually been a lot of a lot of articles and a lot of like even studies done about the gaming house dynamic um, and if it's a good thing or not. And like now, people are starting to thinking it's not it's not good. Like, I mean, there, you you don't have any separation anymore. It's like you know your your thing you get paid for consumes your life. Your teammates consume your life. Your coaches consume your life. You know what I mean. You, there's no, there's no chance of ever, ever having a break. You know what I mean. And it means really, you, you know, if you do need that break, like you need that like mental break from your, like from that, it's noticed by everybody. You know what I mean. Like everybody sees it because you're having a mental breakdown in the, in the, in the gaming house. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I think it is good. I think it is good that we're seeing this transition away from traditional gaming houses into more like an almost office setting i always like me younger like when i first started getting into like gaming and stuff like that i thought i thought oh gaming house was like the coolest idea ever man it's like you know you live you 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 are super immersed in your game you know you're you're always playing with your teammates and stuff like that and then you think about like the long-term effect of that and you're like oh my god like this this isn't good for anybody (laughs) you know what i mean huh i think that's very interesting i think maybe we'll start to see kind of like an evolution of what it means to be a programmer and kind of how your life is is structured around that so i mm. i don't know do you know how what what about like professional sports teams like they just have their own homes right and they just like 
I, I'm guessing yeah, they, they just like commute in and do practice, right? Yeah, that's that's how they do it. Um, they just you know everybody <laughs> lives somewhere else and they go to work at the you know the arena or the gym or whatever, right? So I don't know how what they're gonna do with the players. Like I mean, I guess with franchising now, you you're guaranteed a sum of money you know what i mean you're guaranteed that you're gonna get paid so they could really do that even like even the academy teams you could do that too as well right so i was gonna say do you think that is the way to go though oh like away from the gaming houses and have like players live on their yeah, own sort of like thing? just like traditional sports do you think that would be better um yes and no I, i'm kind of mixed on it um mainly because the players themselves are so much younger you don't like maturity for the most part um with the uh, with the exception of course like these young prodigies that come up um like in other in other sports the overall age of these players is fairly young so i think yes the gaming house is like is not really the most ideal but i think it works because of the age group like i think it's 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 definitely not the best solution but it is a like a decent one um despite the fact i just ripped on it for for a couple <laughs> minutes um it's it's the best way to control these guys where they're so young, you know what I mean? Um, you can, you don't really have to worry about that in conventional sports. Like, um, you know, these guys are you know usually you know late twenties. I mean, mid mid to late twenties at least. Um, where you know pretty much all your pro gamers are almost aging out, so they can help curb that maturity and help and help develop it where it's already developed in other sports. Okay, I think that's I think that's a fair point, and I think some sort of gaming house like setup is definitely good um at least an area of where you do play the game and you do kind of live together but i'm very interested to see kind of where this goes uh, i'd be actually super super interested to talk with like a, a sports psychologist or someone who works like within esports psychology and actually talk to them about this and have their viewpoint on on what is a good living situation for players yeah, like, I mean, we're so new. Like, I don't know if anybody really knows what the best method is yet. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't, so yeah, no, it, I would, I would love for us to be able to sit down and chat with somebody. I think that would be, I think that would be great. All right, so I think that just about ends our discussion about the Overwatch League. Um, yeah, so that just about does it for the Project Esports podcast this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow. Um, even just sharing the podcast with your friends or family means a ton to us, guys. Um, that being said, I'm James. And I'm Dylan. Thanks for listening.